Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. Echo is a group of people in Cincinnati, Ohio, who love Jesus, love hanging out, and are navigating the ups and downs of our faith together. We're glad you're here. Good morning. Thank you all for being here today. There's many of us who it's your first time here. You may not have known that, but about half this room is first time today, and we're very excited to have you here. If we haven't met yet, I'm Kelly, and we have some exciting We've had an exciting summer with different visitors coming in. Other people have shared from this stage, opened God's word with us. I've been excited to be back for the last few weeks, but I've had some help. And we've been talking. We've kind of had this little mini-series going on. It ended up being about servant leadership. And it's really cool because God worked it out. It really wasn't part of the original plan, and that's how God moves, right? But a few weeks ago digging into God's word, talking with Mikey and Katie when they were sharing about their ministry and what they've been, what Katie does through Back to Back Cincinnati, we looked and realized that Jesus, his demonstration to his disciples, he taught them to be servant leaders. In fact, he told them, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus, everything he taught, he also lived out. So then the next week, we had invited all of our Echo kids in, and they were learning to serve along with us. And some of us were here, and the kids just served right alongside all of the adults and all the things that we do here at church. And we talked about Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Because everything Jesus taught, he also demonstrated. And so he was doing a job that was the lowest of low in society. Like no one wanted to do that job. And Jesus got down on his, on his knees and he washed their feet. And then last week, Kendra guided us through John chapter four. And Jesus was living out leadership on a whole different level because he spoke to a woman from Samaria who was rejected and an outcast by the Jewish people at the time. They didn't want to have anything to do with women or Samaritans. And yet Jesus spent time with her. He listened to her. He spoke to her and he revealed that he was the Messiah to her. He was living out the fact that when you lead, you care for the people that are in your, in your path. We don't lead with We don't lead with anger and we don't lead with pushing people down, but lifting people up. And so leadership is the perfect topic for our friends who are visiting with us today. When we started Echo Church, our friends David and Justyna were starting a ministry themselves in Poland. And we connected through Dorota, which many of you know. We met them and it was exciting because we were all starting something new at the same time. And their ministry has been focused on servant leadership. So as they come up to the stage, we're going to talk a little bit about their ministry and about what leadership means. And so as they do, let me just tell you a little bit about this amazing family. You've met Hanya. She was singing up here. She is near our daughter's age. And then they have two sons, Philippe and Vitek. Come on up. 
and they're leading our Echo kids right now. So it's really great. They're, they're, they come not just to visit, but to serve. They're always serving. They're living this out in their lives. But a fun fact for me was that we got to come, that you all visited here, what we said, 2018 was your last visit to Cincinnati. And then in 2019, we got to come, our family came to Warsaw, and we have a little photo of that, uh, when we got to hear your kids sing in a performance and all get together and hang out in Warsaw. There's a couple more photos, which I don't even know if you, if you saw that I took, but I, I, I took this photo, look at you guys. Look how cute you are holding hands. I took it from behind you, because I, I like to walk behind people and just remember who I'm walking with when I, take, when I go on trips. And they didn't even know I took this cute little picture of them holding hands. And then of course, Steve and David, both talking. So Steve was speaking in English, David's translating. It just felt fitting of what of their roles, you know? So please have a seat with us today, and we're going to share some, um, also some very good Polish food that we had at your house, because you all, you are a host. You're a host of amazement, and we, had to, we got to be in your home and have food with you, and so now we're so glad that you came back to Cincinnati. So tell us a little bit You've built your lives around leadership, and I want to know why. Why was that on your hearts to begin talking about leadership in Poland? So first of all, we are so happy to be back. Echo, greetings from Warszawa, Poland. Jak się masz? Somebody, oh, Matt knows how to, yeah. What's the answer? Dobra, dobra. <laughs> Can you say dobra? So good. So that's uh, the beginning. So we are really happy to be back. And uh, we would love to share a little bit about our ministry. So why ministry? Why leadership? So first of all, uh, I was called to do the ministry of leaders and be a leader. Uh, I grew up in a church, which is pretty unusual. I'm a fourth generation of evangelical believer in Poland, not only because the majority of Christians in Poland are Roman Catholics, but uh, I was a youth minister and I did youth ministry for a long time. Justyna did uh, children uh, ministry for a long time in her church. But God has called us to ministry, but the pivot, the turning point was the moment we've learned and I've learned that whenever I read the Bible, when there is those verses about the leaders, this turning point was that I realized it's not to them, those verses not direct to the ministers, oh, they need to know that verse. Like Jesus said, hey, I'm not came, came to serve, but mm -hmm. to be served, to, to serve others, not to be served. So, this turning point was that I realized that all those verses are to me. I need to serve. I need to be a servant. And all those verses that talks about the leadership, uh, God trying to teach me. Mm -hmm. I need to be more humble. I need to, more, need to be more engaged. I need to be the one that needs some skills in order to do my ministry better. So that was this moment. So you were in ministry realizing you needed some more skills. Yes, yes. Okay. And of course, that was the other aspects. Uh, when we did the ministry, for, we both did ministry for a long time, we discovered some poor leadership mm. uh, and some weaknesses in leaders. And we said, well, it, that needs to be changed. And our ministers, I can give you a background of the situation in Poland. 
country of 38 millions with 0.2% of evangelical believers. So the less than 800,000 people that really there are Bible-believing people. Hmm. 700 ministers. That's the, the church, in order to grow, needs leaders. A, a church needs strong leadership. I'm not telling about those powerful, charismatic ministers, but the one, the one that actually followed the Jesus path of the leadership, servant leader. So that's why we decided to start the ministry that's focused on leadership development. We said, and that's what we discovered, Ministers, people in the ministry, they need appreciation, they need support, and they need a development. To add something, that's my nature. <laughs> and yes, we were called to be leaders from the very beginning, before we met, actually. And that's a blessing. Um, I, am, uh, I feel like I, I love to create. So as a leader, I, when I enter a place, I know what has to be done, and I see, and I see what has to be done, what has to be changed. And God gave me those two um, parts of me, which one is high sensitive and high effective, so I can fit in the spot whatever has to be done, and I see the need. So I felt like this is what God is calling me to do, and I have experienced poor leadership too when from the first uh, place I was hired uh, and I poured my heart in that ministry and I was kind of teenager at that time. I've, I've heard that I don't fit to ministry from the minister. It wasn't just said that I don't fit to that ministry or let's seek some better place for you that fits you better. I just heard you don't fit to ministry which wasn't God's calling, it wasn't God's true. If I would take it for granted, I wouldn't be here with you and we wouldn't make such a huge difference in Poland because I know my calling with God is more important than what people say. Mm. It's interesting how that it does happen in our lives where we, we react to what we don't see and so you're trying to become for other people what you didn't have in your own mentoring and your own coaching. So I'd love to hear some stories in Poland of both people who are in the church, but you also have opportunities to coach leaders who are not in church. Let us know some stories from there. So our story is like that. We, uh, first we start like a typical missionary trying to raise support for ourselves, and uh, that's a huge gratitude to Echo Church. Uh, you are the very first uh, church from the very beginning. They step in and said, hey, we will support you. And we tried to do that, but for three years, we never raised enough support for ourselves. And then uh, we decided to finance ourselves, so I started to work part-time. And for me, as a, you know, I graduated theological seminary, got my master's degree in systematic theology, and all my experience in business was McDonald's, mopping, grilling, as a student. Mm. And uh, when I tried to get to this business, they always asked me for my background. So I was like, you know. So you worked at McDonald's as a teenager? Yes. <laughs> so that's your business That's experience. my business uh, experience. <laughs> but when uh, it took me about two or three years when I realized that if you work with the church leaders, mm -hmm. you have one minister and the rest of the elders, 
They're lay people, they're business people. So I need to gain this experience in the business to gain my credibility because now when we work with the church leaders, there's only there's people in the church, I mean in ministers and mm -hmm. business people. So uh, even now when we train, uh, we train church leaders, we train, uh, as I said, I work part-time as a trainer, coach, and facilitator. Uh, we see the huge difference when people discover the meaning of the servant leadership. Hmm. They change their attitude. Um, even, even church leaders, because they, they preach about uh, leadership development, but they finally they understand what does it mean, mm -hmm. their change. First of all, their uh, attitude and relationship are changed. The influence are changed. And uh, it's, it's kind of weird because in a business, when you talk about le servant leadership, they always make, wow, is it, is it true? You can't be a servant for your team? And first of all, is this working? And uh, there's no more and more people in the business that when they discover the ideas, the principle, for sure, you, you, the one book I can recommend, Lead Like Jesus by uh, uh, Ken Blanchard, that's the one book I always recommend for the people in the business because Lead they like know Jesus. Ken Blanchard mm -hmm. by the, uh, yes, uh, uh, this um, situa situational leadership uh, framework. So they know that's the guy in the business did a lot, but they also can refer to his another book that is strictly about serving leadership. So uh, that's the, the business people. Uh, they. Countercultural in Poland to serve is that is that natural to serve as no, leaders? No, not at all. Even like we are very let's say hierarchical uh, society, mm -hmm. but also as I said, 95, 96 percent uh, Polish population is Roman Catholic. So in the Catholic Church, there is this hierarchy. You know, you're you a priest, you're a bishop, uh, you're a pope. Mm -hmm. So you always need to be really like, you know, you need to serve, you need to admire the, the one who is above you. So we actually fight with the changing of mentality. Okay. But uh, what we're trying to do, we're trying to take those nice, good, and verified methodologies, frameworks, and techniques from the business. Mm -hmm and apply to the church world. And we're taking the servant leadership approach and we take into the business. Mm -hmm. And they are, those both parties are really benefit because of that. One thing I realized that uh, if you know how, to, for, give you an example, if you know how to give the feedback, mm -hmm. uh, they will benefit your, not only yourself as a leader, but you can learn how to give the feedback and not being gentlemental. Not the way how you... So you teach to give feedback yes. without being judgmental. So Ex more, we were saying the word empathy last night, right? So. Yes, yes. And I graduated theological seminary. No one taught me that. Hmm. I have to take those business classes mm -hmm. to, in order to learn that because uh, when you work with the volunteers, when you work with the church people, you need to be gentle. You need, you know the word, speaking the true, but in love, with love. Mm -hmm. And some of those, you know, let's say, secular methodologies, frameworks, they really support that. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach ministers, Christian leaders, how to be effective mm -hmm. in their ministry.
And now, Yusina, you were telling me last night, though, that you all do that through questions. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yes, people are willing to talk. <laughs> so uh, the good, good method is just to ask them questions and be persistent. You supposed to ask questions that cause them talk, not just answer yes or no. Mm -hmm. So open questions, and this is um, what we have learned, that it is good to teach uh, children to already. Because when you ask them questions that are open, uh -huh. uh, they, they like, they're willing to talk. But pe friends of us, they ask us, why your kids are telling you all their stuff, like what they are uh, going through? And I thought it was about that, about asking good questions. But then I found out that was David's fault. Because when he came from the work, he just told them how was it, you know? He just told them what he struggled with. You told just, your own kids that? Yes, hmm. he's like, he's live. He just told them like hmm. they would be partners, not hmm. uh, kids, you know, that you don't care about. You, he treated them equally, which was very beneficial. So they started to talk about their life, their hmm. world. So that was uh, David's approach um, to them, which was really beneficial. And I know that you also talked about that is what you all, that's what your heart is for trying to help people see that kids can be serving in church. Yes, we all, we both are engaged in our Christian school in Warsaw. Our boys go there, Hanya graduated it. And we are, David is on board in that school, this association that runs the school. And this is kindergarten, middle school, uh, and high school. In high school. Okay. So we got, because of COVID, <laughs> we were about to give up with our kids going there because we couldn't afford it. David lost all his in or his job. I mean, the trainings that were closed for almost a year. All that part-time work you were talking yes. about. You didn't so, have that. Mm -hmm. So we survived by your support that time. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. And we were about to give up with the school because we couldn't afford but they wanted to keep us um, so much because the school is like half-half, I would say, uh, Catholics kids and, and Protestant kids. So when they have family that has long background, uh, they are fifth generation, that's a good input to the school. So they let us go uh, with a huge discount and they, they made us uh, be more involved even than we were okay. as a teacher. So we, so we started- went from the board, now you're actually teaching. Yes, as well. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. But we do teach uh, for high school mm -hmm. uh, kids and we teach them communication skills. Okay. Because what we found out, it's uh, better to install good programs in your computer than to get rid of old habits and install new things. So it's hard to teach people our age new ways to communicate. You have, you need lots of time and support and constance, someone constance, uh, help, constantly helping you and mm -hmm. checking up how you're doing and correcting you. It's easier to invest, install the right stuff. You're helping them build a leadership foundation now as yes. young, young adults. Yes, and we they... teach them mm -hmm. the same program, the same materials uh, from our um, trainings we provide to the oh, wow. secular world or even in academics uh, because we also are lecturing in academy, academy world. So they really are beneficial. That's I wonderful. wish they will know how much they gain. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah. That, so the same training could be done at all these different age levels. Uh, I pulled a couple of photos. I just yanked them yes. off of your Facebook page. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> thank you for reminding us. <laughs> to show that your work in the schools there. Yes. So how, how do you all then, you said that you also are passionate about helping adults realize that kids can serve in the church as equal servants. Like we yes. just had that, we kind of had that conversation here at ECHO. Uh, how, do you help, how do you help churches see that? Yes, while uh, helping other churches to develop or be, be established, plan the churches, we travel a lot around Poland and Warsaw. Mm -hmm. uh, we see different churches and we are thrilled with good stuff that happens there. And, and not only poor leadership skills, but also good stuff. So there was a church uh, years ago. We didn't have our kids yet, so it was probably... 18 or 19 years ago, okay. there was the church when we participated in service and during the worship time there was a prayer, loud prayer. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting adults to pray, but what we have seen and heard, it was children's prayer. Loud, they throw their hands, mm -hmm. <laughs> they praise God and they were thankful for their um, friends okay. on site. So we were so inspired by that, that kids are part of the church. And then when we have seen other churches, we could see that there was a church for children, church for adults, youth church like separated. Mm -hmm. And it's so unique, so good when they are all together and they can participate in it and be a part of it, create it. And in the school we have every day, we start with time of worship okay. and like short time, uh, like 10 minutes, and then we have little inspirational word from the Bible. And during the day, kids are formed by Bible verses, by the teachers who care about their hearts. Sometimes our kids don't like to go to the school because they know they won't hide. Everything is seen. Okay. And I was once, I also lead prayer time for parents every, every Wednesday morning. We meet at the parking lot and we pray for all the needs we know in the school, hmm. kids, their hearts, those who leave the school, like graduate, whatever. And I realized that sometimes they don't want to go because uh, they, can, they cannot hide and that whatever happens, it, it is to be revealed because God will take care of them in that place. So that's a huge blessing, extension from our home and our values from home in the school. And we just, we just really love it. And what we have seen that God uses kids in the school. They feel comfortable there. They know that's their place, mm -hmm. that the school is more about kids than adults. So we encourage churches to use our kids, which are from a different denomination all over Warsaw, to involve them in the ministry because they are well prepared. They have good trainings, <laughs> communication skills, but they also know how to pray. They are brave enough. They serve God mm -hmm. and they can sing. They can. It's not about having performance. Like kids will show up, show up on the stage and perform for us, which is nice. I don't say it is not, mm -hmm. but they can be just a part of the of the church. And and I really about them playing out loud in the church. That's, mm -hmm. that's a huge blessing. So we, uh, we, we uh, have like 
um, every couple of months conference in our school for those who are involved in churches with the kids li kids um, leader kids ministry, ministry. Uh -huh. so kids leaders so they come over and we do workshops for them okay. how to how to what they can do with the kids with okay. kids that they receive uh, just not just to send them to Sunday school but welcome them and see them that's the first mm. thing not don't disturb don't disturb but they are a part of church holy spirit is the same in them than mm. in us so we it's can a good connect reminder, yeah. we can connect they are not mature enough to preach of course <laughs> they can get their classes <laughs> in it but they can do stuff that's they can great. do well it's neat because we got to visit that school in 2019 and yet you all weren't in your role but it's interesting to see how you've, you know, new doors have opened for where you were going to use your leadership um, skills. And so th the other question I have for you is that we all probably have seen on the news for a year now, we, over a year, where we've seen just the devastation in Ukraine. And I know that you all received visitors uh, coming in, so you had to adapt and serve people in a new way. So can you tell us some about the experiences of when Ukrainians came to find safety in Warsaw. Yes, all over Poland was in in that situation uh, connected, especially Protestant churches, because we know each other, so we could help each other to um, to find to raise support for what was needed. And actually, because our houses were open, we are used to have guests, people who are uh, from different city arriving. We don't know each other, but as Christians, we open our house. So this is what we have experienced too. If people couldn't feed in our house, we have uh, knocked to our neighbor's house <laughs> and they, we asked if they can um, host them and that was uh, that, that was successful and actually we have amazing story about our uh, situation when I was about to leave to Israel to do my research and I had my appointments there with professors and I did my antigen uh, test because uh, that was what was required mm -hmm. either PCR or antigen the COVID test and they didn't let me to the plane because they said today we need, we require PCR test. Oh, no. So I was the one and a couple of people uh, with me too that we didn't get to the plane. So I was devastated because I was, um, I didn't know why I'm here. So why God let me to go so far, buy the ticket, set the meetings over there in Israel and just not to go to the plane. Not to make it. So I sat there and I cried, but then I found out my gate is closed, so I won't do anything. And there was another lady also uh, crying, and I said, I cannot help myself, but maybe I'm here for her. Okay. So I approached her, and I found out there was a Ukrainian girl. And this, this was just a couple of days after the war has started, like a okay. week later. And I found out that she was flying to Dublin to her fiancé, and she had to switch the planes in London, but she didn't have visa. Oh, no. So they didn't let her go to the plane. So I called embassy, I called uh, the people in charge of the airport, and yeah, definitely everybody said it, there's nothing we can do. That's a law, that's, um, that's what they require. So uh, I found out that she was Natalia, and I told her, you know, Natalia, the only way is you're going to fly straight to Dublin without changing the planes. So I searched for the ticket for her, and um, uh, and all of them were like 700 euros, 800 euros. You mm -hmm. know, the price went uh, really high. And there was one ticket for 100 zloty, which is 
25 wow. euro. Okay. So I said, Natalia, we need to buy this. I, I buy it. And she said, okay. So with the tears in her eyes, she was happy that she's going to have straight flight. And then we found out, but she said, but it's a, next week. Oh no. <laughs> she said, what am, what am I going to do? And I said, what? You just go with me and you stay with us for Aww. a week and then we'll drive you to the airport and you're going to fly. And she cried and she said, why you are so good to me? Hmm. And I told her, it was just instance like that. I said, you have to be someone really special to God that he stopped me from hmm. traveling to his holy land <laughs> to take care of you. So I brought her home. She stayed with us. Wow. We did sandwiches. We took care of the refugees. She was good in English, so she could translate the kids, uh, Ukrainian kids okay. in the church. So she went with us wherever we went to help. And uh, she played with our boys, uh, table games, and they fell in love. And we definitely prayed with her. And she said every day, she kept repeating, I have never received so much love mm. in my entire life, and it has to be God. And that's not the end of the story. She visited us when she, when she wanted to go to Kiev to her parents, so okay. she stayed with us. Mm -hmm. But believe it or not, Angelo, her, her fiance and, her, and, and she, they asked us to provide pre-marriage counseling for them. Oh, wow. So we meet online and we talk with them to help them get mature in their relationship. So. This is also what we do. We prepare marriages for, for their pre-marriage yeah, counseling. Pre counseling. Wow. So this is one of the stories, but you can ask anybody in our uh, environment, especially Protestants, about their stories. We know people who still hosts, host families like of six, Ukrainian seven people there. in their houses hmm. almost two years, I mean, wow. one and a half. So they're a huge sacrifice. And that's the story of the Natalia, one person. But can you imagine, on the beginning of the war, over 100,000 Ukrainians every day was crossing the border of Poland. Yeah. So totally, uh, almost 14, 13.8 millions of Ukrainians mm -hmm. away have to flee from their country because of the war. Today. When uh, you walk on the street, you, you see, you hear Ukrainian language all over, and <laughs> they are coming back. Uh, I, I just checked the, the data. Over 200,000 Ukrainians uh, going back home. Hmm. Of course, not in the area when the war is, because there are still uh, the military area when there's still war, but they're trying to be back. or. Uh, they're trying to move more west to Germany, France, and other countries. Okay. Well, I want to invite anyone to join us for lunch today because there's so many more stories that we don't have time to share today. But we're just going to walk right over to Skyline right after church. So if you, um, they have all kinds of food. I don't even eat their chili and I find stuff to eat there. Just join us. We're going to go right over and we're going to have some more conversations with our friends here. And then tomorrow night at my house, um, we're going to have a time to just spend more time with them and hear their stories. Houston is working on her PhD, so she's got some more stories to share. And so I just invite you all, if you want to come on over, if you want to come as early as 6 and bring some food, we'll have dinner together, or 7 o'clock, we'll just start our conversations. We want to make sure that everyone is invited there. Kelly, before we finish, mm -hmm. we want to underline one more time. Thank you.
Thank you for your faithful supporting us. So you, uh, you, we are the family. Literally, we are the body of Christ. And uh, maybe you are not realize that, but if, uh, if you're helping us, we could do the ministry. And uh, we give you some ex stories that uh, just give you an example that uh, maybe we are not realized, but if we are united, if we are faithful, and we do our thing, the, the little one, we do enough, because the rest God will provide. So thank you so much, guys, one more time. Thank you. Well, let me pray for you all as we close. God, I thank you so much that your love has connected us across oceans, across countries, and that we can be connected as sisters and brothers in Christ with friends in Poland. I thank you so much for this ministry that cares about people in Poland in order to have them model after you, Jesus. Thank you for being our model of a true leader and that God's kingdom is about caring for others. And I thank you for David and Eustina's ministry, the way they care for others and invite people into their homes and spread it to their children, that you matter and that caring for other people matters. And so we just ask right now that you would strengthen them, that you would just guide them as, as new opportunities come before them, however their ministry may shift and change because you bring new people into their lives. We ask that you would fill them with your spirit, with your wisdom, and with your strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for the gift of your attention today. If you ever want to join Echo Church in person, we meet on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You'll find us at 1301 East McMillan Street. That's in the Walnut Hills neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio, just up the street from our city's beautiful Eden Park. Find out more about us on our website, echochurch.org. Have a great week.